Hey, and welcome to Parable Portraits. I'm Jacob. And I'm Janella. This podcast is all about stories, personal stories of friends and family who can testify of God's goodness and work in their lives. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope today's testimony will encourage you in your own story. Today, Lenny Eels will be joining us. His story is full of God's grace and guidance. So buckle up and let's hear what Lanny has to say. Well, welcome to Pickled Parables. This is an offshoot. We're doing testimonials, and today we have Laney Eels with us. So Hi. Welcome, Laney. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Um, well, why don't we just dive right in and uh, tell us your story. Okay. Uh, my name is Laney Eels. Um, I'm almost 52. Um, this summer I'll be 52. Um, brand new grandpa. Just got a grandson. Um been married for 32 years. Wow. Um, I have three sons, um, and uh, I was raised in a cult. So, um, it's, uh, God's been doing a lot, and mm-hmm. um, this is really God's story that we just get to be a part of, this whole, my testimony, um, and that's something that um, is so powerful to me personally about um, that's why I like to tell my testimony is because it, it is God's story mm-hmm. and because uh, I didn't do anything I didn't do anything to uh, to earn his favor I didn't mm-hmm. you know I didn't I didn't even read the Bible <clears throat> I just uh, God showed up one day and uh, and uh, it's it's been quite the journey from 2017 to now. Mm-hmm. And um, wow, 2017. So that's, that's fairly recent. I mean, yeah, super. But yeah, um, a little bit about myself. Uh, I was born into a, a cult. My wife as well. Mm-hmm. It's called the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City. There's several different Followers of Christ uh, churches. There's a few, one in, I think, uh, um, Grants Pass, mm-hmm. if it still exists, I'm not sure. Sure. Um, there used to be several, one in Colorado, I think we started in Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, um, and then there was probably the most were in Idaho, or there's still a few Fathers of Christ churches in um, in Idaho, but we don't Inter- intermingle with each other what they used to mm-hmm. but um, but uh, there's a lot that caused them to break apart but I think a lot of it was we're the only ones that are saved in the world and then they were the mm-hmm. same we're the only ones and we hold the scripture better than you do and, and then there were some political yeah. separations mm-hmm. and and uh, and all of that kind of fell apart in the 40s and 50s. I'm not the biggest okay. historian on sure. um, on the church. Um, there's others that in our group that know way more about it. So if I get to get to a few of those things wrong, I apologize to anyone listening. Um, but they basically quit having to do with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, our church was... Um, started by a couple of of the pastors that left and came out of that group Mm -hmm. and i call it a cult because it really was Mm -hmm. um the 
was a closed society, and um, the the last pastor died in 1969, year, about six months before I was born. So there was no um, there was no pastor preacher. They even wow. called him a, an apostle, you know, and, mm -hmm. and but he it was faith healing only, uh, works based salvation, mm -hmm. um, closed off to the world. Um, at right up to like, you had to be baptized by him to be entered into the church to be saved and that's how you were saved and uh, my parents came in right at the last um, through some relatives brought my 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 dad's family had been in the church my mom's family hadn't and um, my mom was from California and then my dad's family was from here so they, they brought him in because he uh, it was an end of times. Um, he had, you know, a, he was a false prophet because all of his prophecies mm -hmm. never came to be. Yeah. And uh, but it was all of these things that you had to do, and, and then there was this uh, end of times prophecy that he had that was going to happen in nineteen early nineteen seventy seventy one seventy two. And um, baptism was going to be finished, and all this, the, end, the fullness of the Gentiles was always mm -hmm. pushed on us, kind of that thought. I think it's not uncommon during that time period when mm -hmm. uh, Israel took back over, you know, it's Jerusalem in, I think, 67, I think, is kind of when all that happened. Mm -hmm. 48, 67, they had quite a bit of difference. Thing. So I think there was a lot going on at that time, not just our group, but our group... Um, was what, is what I know. Um, yeah. So then the elders, they took over almost like pastors in a way. Mm -hmm. They would read and semi-preach from the pulpit. Okay. Um, so you got all of your, like, your understanding of the Bible because you didn't read it yourself, right? Yeah. It was just all from... Mm -hmm. what they and I was, I was, a, you know, I was, I was born in 1970, so, mm -hmm. uh, July of 1970, so he died in December of 69, so that all that really formed of years. I was just a little kid, you know, I was just I was under 10. Uh, the last elder died when I was 15. Okay. So then we had nothing. Yeah. And um, then the board took over, we call them the, the board. Um, they were appointed, and then they started to self-appoint. Mm -hmm. You know, it was supposed to be a vote, and then they they self-appointed their own, and that's how they continue. My father-in-law is on the board. He was the last one appointed by the uh, the, the the preacher in mm -hmm. the '60s. Um, he was 15, and he's the piano player. Oh. But all they do now is um, uh, sing hymns Thursdays and Sundays. You gather together, uh, and there's 2,000 people that went to this church, roughly mm -hmm. 2,000 people wow. at, just in that Oregon City group. And uh, so you, you sing 10 songs, and there's about a two-minute prayer, silent prayer, right in the middle. You, uh, the board, one of the board members comes out and says, because it's a faith healing group, they don't believe in doctors. Oh, right. You can go to uh, the dentist or you can go to the eye doctor. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay. And that was decided in the 30s. In the 1930s, um, there was a big, like all the churches back then, mm -hmm. got along. So they had a big meeting, and and I forget the, what it's called, but anyway, they they decided, well, you know, it's, we don't have any teeth when we're all blind, and why don't we go get our teeth yeah. and eyes fixed? <laughs> but you couldn't do anything that had to do with um, uh, 
saving your life. And mm -hmm. it was like, you know, um, and, and scripture was misinterpreted um, with, you know, those that seek to save their life lose it. Mm -hmm. Well, they, they took that as your, if you seek to save your physical life, you lose your spiritual life. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so that's their, their idea on faith healing. Um, but anyway, so one of the board members will come out and say so-and-so needs prayers today. It's called because if you're sick or something going on, you'd call one of the board members and then they would, you know, and then they would tell all the other board members what's going on and everybody's in everybody's business all the time. Mm -hmm. It's horrible. And it's a real patriarchal system out there. You know, the grandfathers kind of run the grandsons on, mm -hmm. you know, on a lot of things, where how they spend their money, where they vacation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some families are more that way than others. Um, so that's kind of the the system, right? Mm -hmm. So then uh, my father-in-law is the piano player, and so then he kind of beats to his own drum and thinks that he's kind of, oh, I'm the last appointed from that pastor, mm -hmm. so I kind of have more clout than anybody. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a personal ego thing, but he... Um, so he's whittled it down like Sunday or Thursday nights might be seven songs, you know, and nobody's voted on it. But so it's it's real weak, mm -hmm. and um, so then afterwards you, the band go outside or on the back in the back. There's a huge back room, or there's a, a big you know like a place to fellowship room, you know, mm -hmm. and a big kitchen on it, <clears throat> and the sanctuary is huge and. Um, so then, you know, uh, before and after church, the women are inside, the men are outside or, or in the back room, and they're very segregated that way, but you sit together during church, mm -hmm. and the, the children, uh, all the kids when you're seven, up until you get married, you, you separate them, and they're, they're sitting up front, and then they move with their age group. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. So you know, socially, it's really set up, you know, it's, it's set up to be very social, and mm -hmm. that's kind of where their power is, mm -hmm. because if you do something um, that they don't like, or or the group considers mm -hmm. off, you know, out, you know, on the edges of of uh, their belief system, then they shun. Mm -hmm. So they start to. That's how they have the power. They'll take yeah. away yeah. your yeah. ability to interact. Mm -hmm. You know, that's your you're on an island because mm -hmm. you don't interact with the, with the outside world. You work. Uh, you go to school. You can't go to college, but you go to school. Um, but you can't have friends outside, mm -hmm. and you yeah. have to hide your faith. You have to yeah. hide who you are all the time. It's a constant oh, hiding mm -hmm. of, you don't even want to talk to people about religion because they can't come, and they're not saved. Mm -hmm. Only they believe they're, they're, they're saved. I never held to that. I always thought, how could there be billions of people on this planet, mm -hmm. and only 2,000 of us are saved? Right. And that's a maybe, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a for sure saved. It's a, if I do enough works, that works right. are only um, good if you go to the church. Mm -hmm. So if I help you roof your house and you go to the church with me, um, then that's a good, I put a coin in a bag, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't, I help you do something. Uh, it's just nice. I just, it was well, nice that I did that, you yeah. know. Uh, but you could lose those coins, and, you know, it's just kind of like a bank account goes up and down. And, mm -hmm. right. you know, and at the end, I, I, this is my th perception is, you know, they stand before the Lord with their bag of works and say, pay me what's owed, mm -hmm. you know, let me in. And then yeah. uh, Christ was never taught, even though we're called the followers of Christ's church. Or, um, and we would end prayer 
like you know a silent prayer or maybe um, you know offer thanks um, with the you know in, in the name of Jesus Christ amen mm -hmm. you know right, yeah. that's that's about the extent of Christ mm -hmm. in that church and this is all important to my testimony so that's right, the reason yeah. I'm adding to it you know even yeah. because the foundation makes a huge difference on mm -hmm. what God has done For sure. there. And it's not just my story. There's a big group of us, so it's mm -hmm. it's been pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, there's no Christ. We know of Christ. We don't think about Christ. We don't. Uh, we didn't think about Christ. I shouldn't say. I should say um, he was kind of a super Moses in a way. Mm -hmm. okay. We knew he was uh, God's son. We knew he came here, and we know we knew he died. And we know Christmas and, you know, Easter was mm -hmm. about, you know, rabbits and mm -hmm. uh, getting together and dressing nice, you know. And yeah. you, you didn't really understand it. Um, uh, communion, we never had communion. Um, mm -hmm. Back when they had baptisms, when that pastor baptized back in the 60s, they would do foot washings and, uh, and they would do a communion only at the baptism. I don't think they ever did it after or or during the year, so it was very foreign to us. We, everything that we didn't understand growing up about what really a Christian looks like, mm -hmm. we were just told that it was, you know, oh, that was, that's the last a Catholic thing, that's a Catholic thing. Mm -hmm. So we don't do that, that's a Catholic thing. So we're like, oh, okay, I didn't know. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. Good Friday, oh, that's a Catholic thing. Well, wow. we didn't know, yeah. right? Yeah. So when you come out of a place like that and you start going to you know a real church, and they're doing Advent, we're looking at each other going, "What is it? Is, is this a good church? Is this a bad church? Is yeah. this a you know?" And you start to start to question everything, you know. You know, Good Friday was well, Good Friday, and then the first Good Friday service we got to go to, man, that you know, mm -hmm. I think my my shoes were wet for me crying so much. It was amazing, yeah. you know. It's like what well, you really uh, you really understand, start to understand. Yeah. how dark the darkness was mm -hmm. where we were um, so kind of that's a kind of a backstory a little bit um, we could talk for another five hours on that <laughs> but just to give an idea of who we were yeah um, me personally oh some other things um, it depends on the family mm -hmm. but most families don't read Old Testament don't read Revelation it was taught from the pulpit don't read Revelation you can't okay. understand it. You cannot interpret it. Mm -hmm. um, and stay out of Old Testament because that's the old law. And we don't do that. You know, it's just an eye for an eye in that book. Stay out of that. But like my wife's family, they read. And some other families would read, you know, all the, the whole Bible. And um, But my the, the, the group I was, you know, raised with, you know, my dad didn't read at all. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of families are told stay out of the Old Testament, stay out of Revelation, you know. And and now it's kind of like don't read your Bible at all because mm -hmm. all it's going to do is get you thinking, and then you're going to leave. Mm -hmm. Well, how does that? I mean, think about that yeah. statement mm -hmm. alone. Yeah. You know, if they're saying, you know, and the people out there are like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. You know, because you're taught if you leave, then you know you're you're going to hell, and yeah. uh, and then you're shunned. Mm -hmm. And you lose everything, mm -hmm. and um, so you know you you lose. Well, <laughs> you lose everything. You lose. You know we've lost all of our friends and all of our family, mm -hmm. and um, 
you know, I, I'm lucky that my wife and my sons and their wives um, have left that place and they still have to do with us. But I have a lot of our group, mm -hmm. I'll talk about our group here in a minute, but a lot of our group, they've lost uh, their children, their wives, their husbands, their houses, oh, wow. their jobs. Um, you know, oh, I believe in Jesus as my savior, divorce, I don't want nothing to do with you, mm. and uh, get out of my house. Uh, the churches went in, a guy went to work, came home, his house was empty, his kids and wife were gone. The church had oh, went wow. in and took everything. Mm. And then they had to get the police involved to kind of get it all back. Right. And he never did get his wife back. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the power of that place. It's very, um, mm -hmm. people I think underestimate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I was raised, it's kind of a slide scale out there. The more, uh, let's say, a prosperity doctor. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's big out there. You know, God loves you more if you have a nice pickup or a nice house or, you know, you're getting money in the bank. and. And my dad was not that person. My dad was a drunk and a womanizer and a horrible guy. And that, that whole group that I came from, they were those people. And um, so I was kind of at the bottom of the barrel. And sure. uh, so I saw the underbelly of the church a lot more than some mm -hmm. people that were, you know, maybe in a different uh, class. You know, mm -hmm. it's like a slide scale, like I said. And they, you know, they had friends and they had, um, you know, because you move with your age group. Yeah. And I never did because... I was isolated uh, mm. just because of my my parents really just kept me segregated from people because mm. they didn't want me to tell them what what's going mm. on at our house, yeah. you know. Right. Debauchery it was horrible. But mm. I finally ran off when I was 16 and moved in with some other people in the church, and um, and that's kind of where things started. So then I met my wife out there. Um, we dated and got married. And like I said, it's been 32 years now. Um and we were just going along with life. We had mm -hmm. three kids, um, not in the hospital at home, but not even taking, I've never even had a Tylenol until just like a year ago. It was <laughs> That's amazing. crazy. Right, you know, so I look at my wife and go, oh my goodness, she had three kids and, and a brave, tough woman. And uh, mm -hmm. um, so then things started happening out there. Um, children were dying of sickness. Mm -hmm. um, my sister-in-law died in childbirth. Mm -hmm. My first cousin, she died in childbirth. There was about five women that died within a short, I think, six or eight year period that died mm -hmm. in childbirth, and um, and then some women died after childbirth um, because complications. Yeah. You know, a yeah. week or two after they, uh, because of complications with the birth, they would die. You know, and but then the children start dying, and it really didn't set well with me. It really started to. I was really frustrated. Yeah. I didn't yeah. agree with it. I didn't agree with the way that they, I could see how um, they would treat people that would come and say, just you guys walked in and sat down to say, hey, this is a new church. This is a big church. Hey, let's mm -hmm. go out here. Yeah. Uh, and you sit down, nobody will speak to you. They'll just, it's like oil and water out there. Just, yeah. whoo, you know, you're yeah. by yourself on this bench or in the, yeah. you know, 10 square area. And, uh, um, and they wouldn't they don't speak to you. So I started to not agree with that mm -hmm. and mainly agree with the ways. That I think it was just God preparing us. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't, it's hard to look back because, like, I, my wife read the Bible and, I, you know, I don't think she understood, she obviously didn't understand it the way we understand it now. But I would pick it up like once a month and just kind of open it and, 
on the deck. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and yep, okay, I dusted, dusted off more than anything. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, so let's see, it was June of 2017, a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, I don't know how many people are out there, you know, there's, on Thursday nights, they're not usually as full as Sundays, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, 1,500 people sitting in this building. We're wow. just droning away on this old hymns, the piano playing, and, you know, you just kind of, because you've sang them for your whole <laughs> life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just the same ones. There's only a few that they have. There's just, I don't know how many, maybe 40 or 50 that yeah. they just recycle, uh-huh. and uh, that's all you hear. And I was mm-hmm. just so dis- discouraged, mm-hmm. just so discouraged. I was trying to think, how could I leave this place? Um and still keep my wife and children, and I mm-hmm. knew it was, wouldn't happen. Yeah. And I was just discouraged, and I did. My wife and I weren't talking about that. Each of us were discouraged in different ways, and yeah. and I always just prayed that, you know, I'm a very visual person, so I, I was thought of this gold, this globe, this golden globe in the woods, and it's up on this hill, and I couldn't get to it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't see it. I could see it, but I couldn't get to it. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, I don't know why I would pray this, you know, uh, to show me a path, to show me a path. Because mm-hmm. I knew that was God, uh-huh. you know, and, and, but I just couldn't get, I couldn't figure it out how to get there, you know, and I think it was God just preparing my heart. And, uh, you know, uh, and then so, um, we're right in the middle of, right in the middle of the music thing, and these three guys walk in, just walk in from the back room. Mm-hmm. We had no idea who they were, and they and they walked up on the pulpit, and people freaked out. Right, that's like holy <laughs> yeah. ground. It's like yeah. being in the temple uh-huh. up there, and uh, and they shut the mics off, you know, because everything's mic, because you know, because it's so big, right? Mm-hmm. You know, piano player has to talk and whatnot. And he's like, I'm, "I'm not here to be your preacher. I'm not here to be your pastor. I'm here. God put a message on my heart to give you, and then I'm leaving." Mm-hmm. Let me give you that message. People were just freaking out. Get down from there, you know, screaming, yelling mm-hmm. at him. And the two guys that were with them, I think they were, they were more muscle. They were more there. They had Bibles, but I think they had weapons. <laughs> uh-huh. They were big burly guys, yeah, and sure. I thought, yeah, they 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 just look like they're ready to fight. Yeah. And this guy was probably in his mid thirties, and I know he's he's a he is a uh, he's a preacher from um, he's out in Hillsboro. Okay. Um, he has a church out there. So how he got connected to us, I've heard different things and whatnot, mm-hmm. but I had no idea he was coming. Mm-hmm. And I think a couple of people may have, but I don't know. Um, anyway, so they went into the back room. They said, you know, all the guys were like, let's go into the back room. That's the big area, you know, the mm-hmm. fellowship hall, basically. And all the guys could go back there. You know, women could be back there too, but it's kind of, they don't really go back there when the guys are back there. Um, so it's very segregated. It's very mm-hmm. Goofy, and uh, so I went back there. And he was just—I'm standing there off to the side, and he's—he's he's just standing there with the Bible open, and people are freaking out, screaming mm-hmm. at him. And two muscly guys are standing like on his <laughs> on his corners, you know, and they uh-huh. were looking like they're okay. Well, who am I gonna have to punch? You know, right, yeah. he's just standing there, and it, and I was just looking at the whole scene from the side. I was probably about 15 feet from him, and there was you know hundreds of men yelling at this guy. Wow. Some of them were pulling out their hair. Mm-hmm. Some of them were just 
they were just screaming. There was a group of about four or five of them, and they kept just going up and getting in his face and yelling, screaming at him, and mm -hmm. walking. And they're just kind of doing this, almost like bees, mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, I know the history of all of you guys because my dad, growing up, he was a scoundrel and had all kinds of debauchery parties at our house. And those mm -hmm. guys, a lot of them were at our house. So I knew their history. They mm -hmm. weren't the pillars of the church that everybody thought they were. I mean, they had all kinds of skeletons that I knew what they were. And I'm thinking, those guys are nobodies. Who do they think they are? Mm -hmm. And uh, um, he just stood there. And he's like, God put a message on my heart. I have to give you this message, message and then I'm leaving. Let me, let me say it, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, and, and so then they finally, you know, he, he said, you've forgotten what grace is. You mm -hmm. forgot what Christ did on the cross. And I thought, I have no idea what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what, is it, what Christ did on the cross. He died, okay? grace what's he talking about mm -hmm. and then I was just watching the whole scene and he said you've forgotten what grace is and I just felt sick wow and it was weird because I mm. didn't have a hunger for it yeah but I just felt sick like physically sick like oh oh no I think I need to know what he's talking about mm -hmm. it was really weird and and this one guy well, that's I forgot that part. What allowed him to speak is this one guy kind of walked in the middle of everybody and said, "Everybody doesn't. You don't speak for me." He's yelling at the group that was kind of like being those bees yelling at him. Mm -hmm. You don't speak for me. I want to know. I want to hear what he has to say. And I thought, I want to know what that guy. I want to know that guy. Mm -hmm. Right, the two thousand people you grew up your whole life with, but you don't really know everybody. Sure. Because everybody's kind of in their own little faction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought. I need to know that guy, and I want to, you know, uh, I knew of him, but I didn't know him, Yeah. and we're, we're really good friends now, and, um, but that's what allowed that guy to speak, so he said his piece, and a couple of people yelled at him about, you know, um, you know, would you go to school, because going, getting uh, any sort of schooling out there especially when it comes to um, spiritual things, is, is really looked down on. You know, you're mm -hmm. it's supposed to be just God-given and, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, oh, you're in school and then you don't know anything. Um, That's mm. crazy. Sorry, I'm rambling. No, you're good. <laughs> so the guy leaves. I go to the car. My wife's in the car. And she says, what did he say? What did he say? And I said, he, you know, I, I said, he said, we've forgotten what grace was. And we've forgotten what. What, what Christ did on the cross. And I said, I think we need to figure out what he's talking about. She said, I do too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And it was just like this, we both, I think we were quiet driving home. It was just, we just both felt sick. Mm -hmm. And um, so then the next, that was a Thursday night. So I think there was a wedding because every social event you have to go to as part of being in the church, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't go to every social event, and there's a lot of them. So in the next week or so, I think there was a wedding, and it's always on a Friday night, um, very scheduled, very structured, and um, I saw those guys, I knew there was a group of men that everybody looked down on, 
I didn't necessarily, I'd been around him just a little bit. There's one guy in there that I, I just couldn't hardly stand. Mm -hmm. And because he always was so negative and so argumentative, and they would read scripture just to argue with each other, and they were kind of looked at as zealots and exalted, as was always used, that word. All those guys are just exalted. And whenever I had even been around them at all, like at a picnic or something, I was like, ugh, I don't want nothing to do with those guys. Mm -hmm. But. I was being drawn to them because God was doing a thing mm -hmm. right then and they were he was involving them yeah. and I was being drawn so I I like jumped groups and went over there and kind of was standing by them they're looking at me like what are you doing <laughs> you know I actually had people walk up and just kind of do what really mm -hmm. you're standing by them what and I'm like oh, why can't I stand by them yeah. and uh I knew they were going to be talking about scripture mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I knew nothing really I really didn't know anything you know you knew the ones that uh, the cherry-picked verses that were completely used wrong mm -hmm. um, to, to shore up the the cult mentality yeah. you know do these things because that's what we're supposed to do that's who we are mm -hmm. or, or you know these things in, in scripture and uh, and you you read them now and you realize they're context is completely wrong and mm -hmm. they, they lean heavy on you know um, Mark uh, 16 the 9 through 21 stuff you know the poison and the snakes and the, all that kind of stuff they, they you know and James mm -hmm. really and James of, for the faith healing stuff it's yeah. completely out of context and, and um, mm -hmm. so I jumped factions basically or groups and I went over there and I started standing by these guys just to hear what they had to stay or say and uh so they were talking about scripture and different things. So I was just like, man, I know nothing. You know, I'm completely a baby Christian then, and a newborn, right? You know, I didn't even know yet. And uh, so they invited me and my wife over to a uh, campfire. It was actually at one of their houses, and we had, we got two invites from two people that it wasn't their house. Hey, come to the campfire. Hey, another person. And we thought, no, we won't go. We don't really know them that well yet. And and then another couple invited us hey come to the campfire and we're like well we have two invites <laughs> so we better go mm -hmm. and it was a god thing mm -hmm. and uh so the men and women are very segregated mm -hmm. it's just the culture so at the campfire the men were outside it was and the women were inside now we try to you know let the women eat first you know instead of get the back of the line you know right, sure. we try to you know it's like wow we were so wrong and so many things and intermingle i mean this i think it's, there's there's strength strength yeah. of that you know and uh so sitting around the campfire i was sitting by that one the one guy i talked about earlier that was so negative and, and i had mm -hmm. i didn't know nothing good to think about this man mm -hmm. and he he we talked about grace and we talked scripture and he had such a just a a gentle, loving, hmm. Christ-like quality. It was like night and day, wow. mm -hmm. and it was like, oh my goodness! And that, and I, 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 in my phone, I have him under his name when the phone rings. I said he's like an old tree with new leaves, oh. and so I have this old tree with these brand new leaves and this bright light shining through it, and that's what pops up when he calls. And, <laughs> and it was so that moved me so much, mm -hmm. thinking, yeah, wow what in the world is going on you know mm -hmm. even this guy can change you know and and i hadn't um 
even thought anything about myself yet. You know, I, I, I was being drawn into this thing. I had no idea. It was just like I could not. Uh, I was like starving for mm -hmm. give me. I, I, I'm just so hungry for yeah. whatever. You know, I, I wouldn't even say scripture yet because uh -huh. it was just I was just being drawn to this light. You know, and um, so we just we just talked for hours, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I just listened more than anything. Um, to these these men talk and they had been deep in the word and some of them had already been saved a long time ago but had been hiding mm -hmm. out there because they would lose everything if they let people know yeah. that that what jesus did you know what yeah. grace meant what you know they had been reborn you know and but they were hiding in the darkness and uh, um but that's when god just like reached in and just turned on the light mm -hmm. in us all. It was so amazing. Um, I don't want to say it was like a Pentecost <clears throat> moment. It, it was, for me it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for others, the lights were coming on, just like, you know, almost like fireflies, you yeah. know, just mm -hmm. blinking. You know, it's like all of a sudden, boom, 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 yeah. you know, throughout this mm -hmm. short time, you know, within a couple of weeks, right? And yeah. my wife was coming to where I was, you know, I was like, and she was like right beside me and, and we, you know, we didn't know what to expect. You know, mm -hmm. we were just hanging on. Right? Yeah. So after that, we just sat in the, in the driveway when we went to leave and we just cried mm. for like a half an hour. It was amazing. Uh, it's hard to explain. It yeah. was just like an overwhelming. It's like, yeah. why am I crying? I, it's just because I'm full and it's yeah. just pouring out, mm. you know, and, and I can't explain it. It's just, just this rebirth. I mm -hmm. think that's when the Holy Spirit really took hold of me was wow. that night. And uh so we started you know, it was it was so much like like I, I a couple things that before I came it was like it was it was a lot like Acts two, forty six and forty seven. And day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad, generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what it was like. Mm -hmm. It was like we were in Acts, you know, we weren't necessarily selling our lands, but I think we would have, you know. <laughs> um, but it was amazing because yeah. it was just this, we were just being forced together, wow, right? that's cool. Just drawn tight, just this tightening. And so two or three times a week, we would be at each other's houses and we just like, you know, talking scripture and doing all these things. And, and uh, they were like, let's do a Bible study. Mm -hmm. And we had never done. That was, that was mm -hmm. forbidden, oh. right? We can't, you can't do a Bible study. Who do we think we are? You know, sure, we yeah. can't understand the scripture. Mm -hmm. Only that one pastor in the 60s could do that. And uh, so we were bringing some big rules. Yeah. And um, so it was very clandestine. We were, let's go, you know, we know these other churches around the area were doing Bible studies. So when you guys go to that one, you guys go to that one. Bring back any paperwork you can <laughs> and, uh, you know, ask questions. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we were Googling Bible study. What does this look like? And everybody had an opinion. And there was only like mm -hmm. a dozen men, yeah. you know, uh -huh. there was about 10 or 12 of us. And we were just like, you know, let's figure this out, right? And it was just so exciting. And so we did, we came back and and uh, 
voted on it and read through them all and I'm disgusted in way too in way into too many hours. But then we decided on uh, a Bible study. Yeah. And then we started, okay, we're gonna do it on Saturday mornings, just men. We're gonna we're gonna start this web study. Mm-hmm. And the first month we just cried. And I mean we're not crying people. I'm not a crier, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. like you know, I, I cried when my sons were born and mm-hmm. I think I cried, you know, I don't know, a couple times. But after that, man, I was, I was a mess. I was so, yeah. I was sobbing. I was crying all the time. We just sat there. It was just like that feeling of, in the car of, mm-hmm. we were just overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. It was just like overwhelming. You know, you open up scripture and you, you, re, you know, we'd read like one verse mm-hmm. and we would just like have to stop and just, cause you couldn't not sob. Because it was so like wonderful. Much conversation happening. It was just yeah, yeah. Emotions. It was stuff. yeah, uh, both. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both. That's the, crazy. Um, and things were starting to make sense, uh-huh. right? I hadn't read the Bible really, so I, it was like a brand new book because mm-hmm. it was to me. Mm-hmm. But but any time I had read through things before, I'm like, man, I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get it, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, man, this doesn't, you know, so I, and I thought, well, it's just because I struggle with reading and understanding, I'm not a very strong reader, sure. um, and I thought, well, maybe that's it, maybe that's the reason, I don't understand because I'm, I'm not a strong reader, uh, and I'm just dumb or something, you know, but no, my eyes were closed, mm-hmm. you know, my, I, I had, my eyes hadn't been open to truth yet. Because my wife read all the time, and she still didn't understand it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and like she does now. So yeah, we uh, we talked a lot, we cried a lot, and we were figuring is you know like prayer. That's a huge deal. We didn't know how to pray. Some guys kind of did, and so then we were trying to figure out the structure of like, okay, well you we can all pray. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's try that. It's mm-hmm. communal prayer. What's that mean? Okay. Everybody's <laughs> googling stuff, you know. Wow. And uh, so it's like, you know, okay, you open, I'll close. We'll just go around the whole circle. Okay. So that worked. So we started mm-hmm. to do it that way. And sometimes, you know, it took me a few weeks to. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know. But man, yeah. you, you, I don't care if I, I was bleeding to death. I would not miss mm-hmm. a Bible study, you know, I was like, it was so like, oh, okay, wait till tomorrow is Bible study, you know, uh-huh. and it was so great. And then so we'd go home, and our wives would be like, what'd you say? What'd you say? What's you know? What'd you guys study? And we try to regurgitate it, and it's never the same. But mm-hmm. so we thought, well, <clears throat> and we kept it very quiet that we were doing this Bible study. Right. Uh, so then we thought, well, let's do a group study, right? Well, then by then that was. Uh, um, so let's see, I think June is when the guy came out to church, our eyes were open through the summer, we kind of had our eyes open and we were getting, and I, and I think November is when we finally did our Bible study. So there was mm-hmm. a gap of time there. And then I think February is when we decided to do the group study, men and women, yeah. which was huge no-no. But in yeah. between that time, you know, we did a big Christmas party with mm-hmm. just our families and it was mm-hmm. amazing. It was all Christ-centered and the kids did a, uh, you know, like a talent show uh-huh. of, uh, you know, worship music. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, so we didn't listen to Christian music. Yeah. Uh, you know, hymns at church were it. We didn't listen to sermons I oh, during this time. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. Um, the, we didn't, you know, I, 
really had never heard a sermon besides from the elders reading mm -hmm. when I was a kid. I'd never heard a sermon. Yeah. Um, all that, you know, because all Christians outside of our bubble were phonies. Mm -hmm. Missionaries, that was a huge phony, a bunch of baloney Christians, you mm -hmm. know, if you were on a mission field, well, why would you do that? You know, um, you know, Christian singers were, they were a bunch of phonies. They were just all in it for the money, you know, just all these things, right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, at the time I was at work, I was driving a dump truck and um, I just was pushing through the buttons and this one's, I, I just landed, you know, as I was just driving down the road and landed on uh, Mercy Me, I can only imagine. Hmm. And I'm like, what? I had to pull over. That's not my favorite. And it was just like mind blowing, right? Yeah. So then I was just like, the guy's voice for one, you know, I, I was just like, oh man, the guy could sing. And then the words were just <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, what is yeah. he singing about? Mm -hmm. You know, and this was before I was saved, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so then I kept going back to that station and hoping to hear that song again. So then it'd be, oh, this song's pretty good, you know. Oh, yeah. So then I found that I was being drawn to that station more and more mm -hmm. in, in worship music. So I was mm -hmm. kind of secretly listening to worship music, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was so amazing. I didn't know anything, you know, uh, what it was talking about. But because we were always like this Jesus guy, you know, if he did, if you did hear about him, he was kind of in the way. So you mm -hmm. had to kind of push him off to the side because we're mm -hmm. trying to communicate with God. <laughs> right? Sure, yeah. yeah, this Jesus guy's always in the get out of the way, Jesus. You know, I know, yeah, you're God's son. Get out of the, you're, get out of the picture. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Let us communicate with God because that's what's important. Mm -hmm. We had no mm -hmm. idea. That's how far we were in the darkness. Sure, yeah. And you know, obviously, some. This is my story. Not everybody's story is the same as mine. But this mm -hmm. is this is my my story on that. But uh, so we back to the Bible study. So we uh, started a group study. And people were starting to hear about it then. And uh, we were starting to get some grief from the church, from people in the church, from relatives calling us, how dare you? you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. We even had a few people show up to the Bible study just as like moles. Mm -hmm. We knew they were. But then they went back and told everybody, oh, it was horrible. This, you know, this one girl's in a tube top and it was completely out of line and she's flirting mm -hmm. with people. And it was just nonsense. It was lies. You know, yeah. it's just like, what, what, are, what are they doing? It was the devil. It was spiritual mm -hmm. warfare. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. We can see that now. But it was another deal. It was like, you know, first month with all the women there, we cried. It was so, it was like, you know, we just, it was so, it was amazing because yeah. it was just like these fireworks. We were just mm -hmm. like fireworks, you know. That's the only way I could explain it. We're just shooting like rockets, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, and my wife was very like, whoa, you know, I don't know if I could go to this. I'm like, I'm going without you, with or without you. <laughs> and uh, so she finally came and she was very, we, let's, we're doing this to change the follower church. We're doing this to change it. We're going to be a light. We're going to change this place. We're going to make it to better, which is a great thing. It's a great idea, but it's that idea is we can't change them. All we can do is show them the light, mm -hmm. you know, through God, through using us, show them the light mm -hmm. and let, let God do what God does and changing yeah. them, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of what we were trying to do. We were trying to be a light in a dark place, but that was kind of a side note to, it really didn't matter to me. It did, but it didn't right at that time. It was like, why wouldn't you want to come to our Bible study? 
You know, I was like, I'm not trying to change, you know, for some political reason. I just want you to come and experience this. This is amazing. You know, you open the Bible and it actually can understand what you're seeing, what you're reading. And, and this feeling inside you of just change. It's like, the, you know, that stony heart to, you know, I think it's Ezekiel 36. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, the heart of flesh. You know, he takes that stony heart out of you and puts the heart of flesh in. And that's exactly what was going on. And it was amazing. It was just so amazing. Um, so we did the, the group study. And every, so we do the men's study Saturday morning and we do the group study Saturday night. And, um, and yeah, day. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Saturday's amazing. Yeah. And Sunday we would go to somebody's house, you know, after church and um, have potluck or whatever. And, uh, and then we talk scripture, you know. And then, but through that time, we found one of our friends uh, found this app called, uh, what's it called? Sermon Audio. I don't know why the blanks for a second. Okay. Sermon Audio. And, um, and we were passing sermons back and forth, right? And, and I was really nervous, you know, mm -hmm. the first, cause I'd been, you know, we'd been doing certain to do the Bible study thing. And it was like, I don't know about a sermon thing. And some of these guys have been listening to sermons for a long time, you know, and, and one of my friends, uh, he sent me, uh, a sermon and it was, uh, it was a, S a Spurgeon somebody reading a Spurgeon sermon mm -hmm. and it was a salvation by works, a criminal doctrine. Mm. I'm about to cry right now. Powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more oh man, it wrecked guys. me. It wrecked yeah. me. And then, um, the second one was, uh, William Hughes, <clears throat> blessed are the meek. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so then we would just like listen to 30 to 50 sermons a week, pretty mm -hmm. average. Wow. Yeah, I was That's I was nuts. fire hose. Yeah. We were all fire hose learning, and um, it was amazing. We we're passing sermons back and forth. It was just so <laughs> you gotta listen to this one. You gotta listen to this one. And then I, uh, well, then we uh, Alistair Begg, and then I was listening to it like on the radio. There's a KPDQ. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, I found that you know, and I'm like, oh man, hey, this is great, you know. And there's Alistair Begg. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's got a great accent, you know, and I'm just like, oh, man, this guy's amazing, and he was preaching on Psalm 22, and I'd never heard of such a thing, I didn't even know what a psalm was, and I'm just like, Ugh. I pulled over, I actually pulled over at work, and I'm calling my friends, I'm like, you have to turn on this radio station, he's talking about this Psalm 22, it sounds just like Jesus, it sounds like he's talking about, that psalm was like written a long time ago, and it sounds exactly like what Jesus, after Jesus on the cross. It was just that kind of ignorance of the word, but sure, that yeah. kind of uh, um, uh, things were just like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, what's the like word I'm looking for? Or, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a there's a scale off your eyes, there's a scale uh -huh. off your eyes, but the, um, but just like, what, mm -hmm. you know, Old Testament points to the cross mm -hmm. new testament points back to the cross and we didn't we never saw that how could you not read old testament because you would never know mm -hmm. what they're talking about in the new yeah and you don't know the nature of god mm -hmm. if you don't read the old testament i mean it's one book mm -hmm. it's just stretched out you know <laughs> and it's just uh you know, there's so much more I'm learning. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know anything now, but you know, so much more than I did. But, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it was so amazing. Just such an amazing time of mm. our eyes being opened. And uh, so then our, our group study went from like, tw you know, 12 couples to start. And then we, so, you know, like 24 people. And then like if, within a month, there was 35 people. And then 40, and then 50, and 60, and then 70. People were sneaking out. Don't tell anybody I'm here. You know, we weren't we weren't videoing anything. We wouldn't record right, anything. Yeah. We wanted it to be a safe place for people to, mm -hmm. you know, if if the Holy Spirit was because was drawing people, mm -hmm. we wanted them to be able to show up in the dark, study and leave in the dark, mm -hmm. you know, because we knew God was working. It wasn't us, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, so pretty soon we had like 60, 80 people, and we're in a double wide mobile, you know. We'd move all the chairs back and and uh, take all the furniture outside, and then we'd stack. You know, some of our friends mm -hmm. went over to we found a whole bunch of just folding chairs, so we stack them like three or four deep. Uh -huh. It was almost like church, you know. Mm -hmm. And prayer might last, I don't know, an hour. You know, it's yeah. amazing. You know, uh, it was just such an amazing time. And so then we were like, we we've outgrown this. Mm -hmm. This this. So we rented a uh, an abandoned fire. Hall in West Lynn, and it was uh, upstairs. It's kind of like a grange downstairs. Mm -hmm. We had the fire department, and it was uh, in like a big kitchen. And upstairs was like a uh, a big room, mm -hmm. and uh, so we just set up you know chairs. And I think the most we had was 150 people. Oh wow! wow. To, yeah, amazing. And it wasn't all from our group. Mm -hmm. It'd be like the the recovery house down the road heard about us so they, they're coming mm -hmm. hey can we come to your we heard you guys singing can we come in you know and hey we you know it, it kind of grew over time that's wow. incredible and as god was taking us in and out of this mm -hmm. school so so we're starting to get a lot of grief from the mm -hmm. from our friends and from our family and from the church and uh, lots of negative things were happening um but things but but we were like an axe, like I was, like I read earlier, you know, just that joyful yeah. mm -hmm. time of, oh, so-and-so, you hear like a name on the horizon, you know, and then pretty soon they're with us, you know, you just hear, oh, so-and-so's asking questions. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon they're at Bible study with us, you know, and it was amazing because you could see God working and, yeah. and how he would, we all had so much baggage. You know, it's mm -hmm. you're raising a cult with these certain things that you have to do and can't do. Yeah, and we had so much baggage, um, and a lot of that was, and one of the big baggages was baptism. Mm -hmm. None of us had seen one. Yeah. None of us had, you know. But if you read scripture at all, or listen to any sermons or anything, baptism is a big part of it, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying baptism is what's going to save you, but if God says to do these things, that's what you should do. If mm -hmm. that's the only reason you're doing it. You know, mm -hmm. but there's so much more. You know, you're putting on his jersey. You're, you know, you're planting <laughs> your flag in his camp. You're saying, mm -hmm. you know, especially back in those days, but also, and you know, that's you know, nowadays, if you claim to be a Christian, get baptized in some Muslim countries, you're dead. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and but for us, we decided, hey, what about baptism? And we knew it was going to be the, our death mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it was. You know, not physical death, but our death sure. with our family, with our mm. home, with our community, with mm -hmm. all we knew. We were on an island in the world, and we didn't know how to go anywhere else because mm -hmm. um, we'd been taught so hard against leaving that place. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our friends had a um, 
a, a guy that worked with him, and he was a pastor, um, associate pastor or whatever. There, I but I think uh, he'd work with him or works with work with him. But anyway, he brought him to our Bible study, mm -hmm. knew of him, and uh, brought him brought him <clears throat> to our Bible study to talk about baptism and uh, what it really meant, what it represented. Why would you get baptized? Because some of us were like, well, we're saved. We don't need we don't need that anymore. Let's put it on a shelf, you know, mm -hmm. dusty in the back. It doesn't matter, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. And he's like, no, there's there's real reasons to do this. And like mm -hmm. I said, if if only because Christ told us to, that's a good enough reason for me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, huh, okay. Well, then I saw a group of our our group, like about eight or ten of them, uh, I think the first time. Uh, decided to get baptized, and boy, it blew up mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. My father-in-law, probably for three days, and no exaggeration, screamed at my wife mm -hmm. on the phone wow. for and in person, just screamed at her. And uh, it was, it was, it was definitely hard. It was a hard, yeah. You know, our group, we were definitely tearing away. God was, He was tearing right then. Mm -hmm. That's what He was yeah. doing. He was ripping us. Um, Hmm. But um, they decided to, and we said, "Well, we're going to support them." You know, I wasn't ready to yet. My wife had, um, my wife had uh, pneumonia, mm -hmm. and we didn't go to the doctors, right? So, but we snuck her to the hospital and and um, figured out because she was really sick and she had pneumonia. And I'm like, "You are not getting in the river." Uh, with mm -hmm. pneumonia, you know, until you're well, we can. Yeah. This is the first of many, right? There's yeah. mm -hmm. eight people out of 150 that are going to. Uh, well, there was not quite that many. Probably 60 that were really the core. Mm -hmm. All the others yeah. would come and go. And uh, uh, so we met down at the Willamette, and there was probably a couple hundred people down there waiting for us, mm -hmm. and we had no idea who they were. Huh. And there's people on boats, and there's people on the other bank, and and uh, all these people just showed up, you know. And some people were videoing, and we were just freaked out. Don't video this; it's going to go yeah. out, and yeah. you know, on Facebook, and we're going to—they're going to—they're going to use us against us. They're going to, and which they did. They mm -hmm. had parties where they would like big screen TV, and they'd like this is what we heard, and it was part of it. But oh, they're so and so. Okay, right down their name. They're so and so. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. you know, they started picking us out of the crowd yeah. who was there and if you were there there was people there was guys there that weren't part of our group that showed up that were christians that worked for a, a follower company a mm -hmm. paving company mm -hmm. that lost their job because oh, they wow. were there to support us that's crazy. so that's yeah. the kind of stuff we're talking you mm -hmm. know yeah and so all these people had heard they were from a couple different churches in west Lynn had heard that we were going, we're giving up everything for Christ. We're, we're, we were down there proclaiming. Mm -hmm. And uh, who our Savior was. And they showed up to support us. Yeah. And it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was another time we just cried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we sang hymns beside the river. And, uh, mm. you know, uh, it was just so, it was such a wonderful day. Mm -hmm. uh, and we gave her testimonies. And, um so then the next weekend we did it again. <laughs> we had another baptism. This time was out at the Milk Creek in Milano on some uh, person's farm. Uh, knew of us and offered, you know, wow. offered a place because some people were nervous about 
they're you know they still had connection at the yeah. people at the church would still interact with them mm -hmm. but it was getting to be dwindled or dwindled away you know yeah. and we were really holding to each other um during all that time also i snuck out because some of our friends have been sneaking out and going to real church mm. and i snuck out and i went to good shepherd out in um damascus and it was mind-blowing mm. mind-blowing i'm like oh my goodness this, I've never even seen a church like this. It's like a school mm -hmm. church giant thing in a coffee shop in the church. I couldn't believe it, right? It was like a Starbucks. I walk in sure. there like, like, what is this? They're like, is this their first time here? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, here's a free coffee. And I'm like, what are you drinking inside? And I'm like, uh, we didn't grow up this way. I didn't. I never drink coffee inside the church before. It was a no-no, you know. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're not even supposed to sneeze. A baby whimpers a little bit, and people are getting in trouble. You know, get out. So it's like a dead quiet. Oh, yeah. You hear a cricket. I mean, you hear the biggest warehouse, like a Walmart in there, and you hear somebody in the back corner whisper. You know, mm -hmm. that's how dead it was out where we were. But so I go to Good Shepherd, and it's just mind blowing, mm. mind blowing. Just the worship music alone. We we sing uh, Amazing Grace. Uh, your chains are gone. Oh, mm -hmm. the Chris Tomlin version. Oh, mm -hmm. wrecked me. And <laughs> I keep talking about me crying all the time, but <laughs> I was sitting there. Ugly crying. I know I was doing the ugly crying thing. Because this guy was sitting beside me patting me on the back. <laughs> just wrecked me. The whole, I was just like, so I was like to my wife, I'm like, let's go. We got to go out there. And she's like, no. And she fought me for months. So she finally went out there. We, mm -hmm. we went out there. And it was just a dead, bleh. I'm like, what? This was mm -hmm. so amazing. And it was at the end of a, even the worship music wasn't great that time. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what in the world's going on? I'd like, I talked it up so much, no, no. <laughs> and I just and she's like, eh, "It was all right, you know." But we were excited, you know, yeah. excited, excited to go, and and you know we had Christian music going on the way home, and she's dancing and singing, and I was ready. I was ready, like this. I'm I'm never going back out to Fowler Church, but but she was. She was the, really the last one mm -hmm. that of our group. You know, we sat in a big area to get together, and pretty soon it was just her. You know, because mm -hmm. and me outside before church, I was by myself, and there's a thousand people that are mad at me. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to go here anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was a dead tomb, it was just absolutely dead. You walk in there, and you just felt like yuck, mm -hmm. feel like there's just mm -hmm. death on me. But she was brave, and uh, she wanted to be a light in a dark place. Mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. she was braver, braver than I was. Because <laughs> she went a few times after me, but that time at that good shepherd it was like why why did this seem flat to me yeah. well because i in my heart i was like that's where we're going and that, that's not what god wanted of me mm -hmm. um evidently and i thought yeah you know if i get her hooked on this we're we're pulling the plug and we're moving out here and we're doing that and so a couple months went by and uh she said hey that pastor that that baptized um he's doing a nine o'clock, his church is doing a nine o'clock service. We could go to that. What do you think about going to that? And I'm like, yeah. I thought my chances of her ever going to another church was gone with that Good Shepherd debacle that I thought it was, mm -hmm. I thought she, everybody else there probably thought it was a fantastic service, but I think God was not allowing me to feel that because he mm -hmm. didn't want me to go there. Um, she said, hey, what do you think about going to that nine o'clock service? And we could do that service and then we could go back out to the follower church nobody would know I'm like yeah anything you know i was just hungry for her to 
I was being patient, but I was, you know, like, like let's go, you know. Mm-hmm. So we drive up there, and I'm so excited, you know. And, and there's all these people I knew, right? I'm like, hey, I know all these people. I didn't know they were coming. Well, the, the pastor had fought with the elder board about this 9 o'clock service because it's a smaller church, and and they're like, why do we need two services? You know, well, there's no reason for this. And he's like, ah, oh, man, I just feel like there is. And hmm. There's a need, and uh, so he comes walking out of his office, and there's like 40 of us in his mm-hmm. vestibule. He's <laughs> like, who are these people? <laughs> it was the head pastor, he's like, yeah. and the other pastor's like, these are the followers I'm telling you about. He's like, oh, that's wow. what God's doing. So we landed in that church, and he, he taught in Romans that day, and oh, man. Mm-hmm. Was, I had no idea what he was talking about, but it was so good, because I, had, I hadn't really, I'd never read Romans. You know, yeah, I'd never, yeah. you know, I was like, whoa, i got to get into that book, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're just trying, trying to digest so much, you know, and uh, it's still that way in a lot of ways, but um, so then afterwards, we were just on fire, you know, mm-hmm. we were just like, yes, you know, so good. And uh, so we went back to the follower church, and my wife went and sat by her sister mm-hmm. and said, you can't imagine what we just did. It was so amazing. And she just freaked out. Mm-hmm. She's like, you tell Dad or I am. You know, you basically cut us off right there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, that wasn't it. You know, yeah. kind of my wife had thought that that's kind of her sister was kind of on that path with us. And mm-hmm. it turned out she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was, you know... It, they said some, you know, that some of the conversations with some people, you think, okay, yeah, they're, they're on their way. God's got them. You know, he's yeah. drawing them to, and you just find out, no, hmm. you know, they hit, a, they hit a certain point and they turn around and just walk away, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then it was like the beginning of the end mm-hmm. for us out there. And uh, um, so then we ended up just dwindling away and it was like Sunday morning we'd get up at 6 and watch Alistair Bag live stream because my wife just said just like was so drawn to him mm-hmm. for so it was he was so good for my wife mm-hmm. to um, see what real real church looks like you know yeah. really, we, you know what what is worship music really modern worship music you know it can be many things right it could be old yeah. hymns it could be acapella it could be with piano it could be with drums you know it could be all these things but as long as it's real worship you know it's uh you know for the right reason you Mm -hmm. know but modern worship looks different than what we saw Mm -hmm. um and uh so it was good you know if a person's wondering if you know scared to go to church i think you know with covid that's the one good thing that came out of covid or one of the good things if there's any but uh is live stream Right? Mm-hmm. How many churches are live streaming now? You can go to all kinds of churches and from home just to check them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's important to actually be a part of the body at the church. But we were watching Alistair Begg, and he was in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So so he'd get up and do that, and then we'd be like, get ready for church. And we'd be like, what do you think we go to the, the New Life Church in Westland instead of the, the Follower Church today? Yeah, let's do that. So, then we would, <laughs> so pretty soon... Um, her family and, and my adopted family, because I'd ran away when I was a kid um, mm-hmm. and moved with some people, and they they basically uh, said, yeah, we're done. You can't, mm-hmm. If you're going to follow Jesus as your Savior, you, we don't want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. But another scripture that really stands out is um, it's Matthew nineteen twenty nine. 
and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will, will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. So, you know, the, those, you know, you will receive a hundredfold. It's so true. We've lived it. I've lived it. Um, all we had was our, our family, our blood, right? Right. Uh, and some of us had more blood than others. I didn't have that many people in my life that were really close family. Mm-hmm. But my wife's family is very tight and, mm-hmm. and a bigger family um, than mine. But, uh, you know, we give up all of those people, relatives, and we've really, we've gotten a hundredfold of mm-hmm. brothers and sisters mm-hmm. and mothers, you know, mm-hmm. and father figures, uncles, and, you know, just this, I think it's our spirits aligned, because you can really be around a, a Christian mm-hmm. for a short time and, re- and feel like you've known forever. Yeah. It's a it's a strange feeling if you're new to it, you know, yeah. and it's amazing, and it's so true. You know, he will give you a hundredfold, mm-hmm. um, and and there's something better. I mean, yes, you know, your mom, your dad, or whatever, hugely important in your life, but you'll never love them like you love a brother or sister in Christ. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just a different love there, mm-hmm. and it's really weird. It's hard to explain. You almost have to experience it if you don't mm-hmm. know it. Hopefully your mother and father are Christians and you just have that all mm-hmm. in a big bundle. But sure. that's wonderful. Yeah. But those that don't, uh, you know, the hundredfold, he will give you a hundredfold, as we've found to be over and over and over again so true. So out of our group, about 350 have left. Oh, wow. So far-ish, I think that's the number. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong. 300 to 350, somewhere in there. I'm sure the number, somebody will probably text me with, hey, it's a 289 or something. I don't mm-hmm. know the exact number. <laughs> but I'd heard numbers up to 350. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's dropped us in about 17 different churches. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like, well, that's weird. I wonder what he's doing. What's God doing? Right? We didn't quite understand it. Why, you know, because we're, we're, you know, we, we're, we're like birds that we want to, you know, flock together. You know, mm-hmm. if yeah, you, sure. see, you, you see a follower that's left we're, we're we went through something so traumatic yeah. together we're, yeah. we're really bonded in different ways but I believe that you know like with uh, we would have turned in probably any church that we all landed in we we would probably have just turned it into a 2.0 with the the baggage that we had with the, mm-hmm. you know the the traditions that we you know not all the traditions that we had were bad you know we're really good at community because mm-hmm. that's that was a super important part of our life you know and helping people and you hear somebody's sick you just overwhelm them you know with food <laughs> and with help and oh you hear somebody's working on their house you overwhelm them it's just part yeah. of but those are good things yeah. you know the bad things are you know are against god you know putting anything before christ and not even recognizing christ that's the bad things mm-hmm. but you know our group and other groups of that nature you know there's lots of we're not unicorns, you know. There's lots of <laughs> lots of cults out there, and sure, yeah. But th- there is some good that they can bring. But mm-hmm. I think he put us in 17 different churches because of that reason. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you know, after Stephen was stoned, you know, the church was during Acts. You know, the church was this amazing thing. You know, and Stephen's stoned. Mm-hmm. What, what happens? 
Yeah. Ooh, he scatters us. Mm-hmm. Scatters them. Right? And that's how he chose to move the word, move his story out to the world. And maybe maybe that's what he's doing with with our group just in our area, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's many other cookie cutter stories to what ours are (laughs) out there you know Mm -hmm. because god's not just looking at us he's looking at the whole world and he's changing things and things are moving and and you can see throughout history this is this is a recurring theme with with him he you know revivals here and there you know just boom 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 Mm -hmm. it's like flashes of light Mm -hmm. um yeah so Mm -hmm. we ended up down here with you guys it's been amazing (laughs) It's been hard, yeah. You know, because we don't know anybody down here, right? Mm-hmm. But the the brothers and sisters in Christ that come around you and just make you feel like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing uh, what God does, and and uh, we don't deserve one second of even His attention. But boy, He He sure He sure gives us good. Good gifts, and uh, he takes care of us, and and so we'll see where, what happens next. And I'm excited. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're still very close, our group, but it's weird. Is like we were on a lifeboat together. The mm-hmm. ship was sinking. Mm-hmm. We wake up. We're in a storm, mm-hmm. right? And we didn't realize it. I just this is how I see the world a lot in picture, mm-hmm. but. And we're, you know, we're, some of us are trying to get that lifeboat off of the ship, you know, like an old sailing boat, you know, it's sinking, you know, come mm-hmm. on, there's people asleep on the deck and mm-hmm. wake up and they just were like kicking against us. It's like, no, leave me alone. I want to, I want to stay here. I'm comfortable here. It's like the ship is sinking. Mm-hmm. Get on this lifeboat with us. And we all got on the lifeboat and just rode and rode, pushed away and the ship was sinking. It's still sinking. And uh, we had us just tight together in this life raft, you know, mm-hmm. we were just rowing. In the darkness of the storm, we had no idea where we were going, mm. but mm-hmm. we were just letting God steer us, mm. you know. And when we got to the shore, He got us to the to, to the dawn, you know. And we got to the shore, and we just kind of scattered, right? You know, we didn't. He needed us together. We needed us together mm-hmm. in that life raft. And then we got to the shore, and He said, "Okay, and now, now go." The Great Commission, mm-hmm. you know, don't go. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think it's kind of, so we've lost, it's that, that tightness. I kind of miss that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I miss that uh, togetherness, yeah. you know. Um, but things are so much sweeter now that, you know, you're not in just waking up in a horrible pain for mm-hmm. those that you, you love that just refuse mm-hmm. to follow Christ. Yeah. Just refuse. I just hate you for it. That's a grace mm-hmm. is a great lie. And uh, it just, you know, uh, God is, is just like, you know, leave that, leave, let the ship sink out there in the fog. Just move on. And then, you know, there's, there's, there's things to do. You know, follow me, worship me, don't look behind you. I think that, you know, you don't look behind you when you're plowing because you don't want the, mm-hmm. you know, the wobble, right? You know, just keep your eyes focused on him. And, and so we're all doing different things now. And uh, it's been an amazing, amazing mm-hmm. road so far. and uh, Not always easy, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, so much better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the, the kind of our, our rally cry, mm-hmm. if you let me, one more scripture. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Kind of our rally 
you know, in almost every, if you watch any of our testimonies, um, almost every one of them has Ephesians 2, 7 through 10. So that uh, in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus or in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that's, you know, the works part of salvation, you know, that mm -hmm. we, we were so missing. That's it right there. We were created for work in him, mm -hmm. you know, not that works are going to get us to him, you know, just... Uh, but yeah, so that's my story. That's crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of rambled. No, you guys have any questions or? Yeah, well, I don't know if I can form this into a question. I was just really intrigued by the way that once grace was introduced, the development of it, you know, through your story and through those meetings and stuff. Like, obviously, there's always room to grow in your understanding of grace. But like, when, when do you like? When was I don't know? When when did it become more clear to you of like? what grace was and, and what that meant, you know, as far as like mm -hmm. your behavior and decision and, and where to be. Um, when did it come to be, I think when we started reading, we started studying scripture mm -hmm. and you started to really understand Jesus, Yeah, you know, um, I think you know we could spend our whole lives trying to understand Jesus, but I think if we just look at it as from new eyes mm -hmm. and just look at Christ and don't muddy it with all these other what ifs and just look at what he did for us, the mm -hmm. simple, complex, but simple act of, I don't want to say simple because that could be taken wrongly, but just the you know, what he did, he, he he gave everything for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's almost hard to, to take in because it's so big. <laughs> and you can get lost, I think, in that. But if you just look at it as, you know, that love that, love that he has for us, I don't want to say had, but has for us, mm -hmm. is so... I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to really put into words. Yeah. It 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 changes you. Mm -hmm. It you know it really does change you. And uh, and when you start to to realize that the things that you do in your life, the things that you the way you talk, the way you treat people, the way you love people, the way you used to act, when you start seeing that, you're changed. And it's not anything you did. It's mm -hmm. something that was done in you. And that's that's really for me when I started to really just look at the basics, because that's where I was at. I was a basics Christian at the be you know, especially at the beginning, because I had never read, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know I knew of Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. And then you just kinda look at you know, just picture yourself at the foot of his cross and you're just looking him in the eyes. You know, and what would you, how would you feel at that moment, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 and feel your heart being changed 
when that happens. And that's kind of what I kind of go to. Um, it helps me. Um, helps me to, to trust in Jesus. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of it. Maybe that's what the word I was looking for is not not to minimize what he did at all you know I wasn't meaning it and if it sounded that way but for me it was just like I didn't understand scripture I had no want for scripture I wanted to live a good life I wanted to be a good guy you know I think most mm -hmm. people want to be good but we can't be you know we're all not good and we all fall short every day but that desire to want Jesus mm -hmm. to want to be better mm -hmm. I think that's um, you know that's part of that rebirth mm -hmm. um, it's just uh, and maybe it's a, a process I don't know but for me it was a it was a it was kind of a night and day thing for me it was mm -hmm. like you know, uh, I don't know if you've watched The Chosen, you know. <laughs> I've heard a lot about it. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, I, I love it. Some people may not, but I do. But there's one line in there. Mary's talking to Nicodemus, and she says, I was, I was this way, and then I was, I was something else. I was this person, and I was someone else. And the only thing that happened was him. The only thing that mm -hmm. happened yeah. between those two things, I can't even say it right now, is, <laughs> is him. You know, that's, mm -hmm. you know, I was one way and now I'm another. And the only thing that, you know, he was the only thing that happened in between. So, mm -hmm. you know, he linked those, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's so true. And, and my, my experience of, of my, um, my journey with him. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but. No, no, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, Do you have any questions, babe? I don't think so. <laughs> I was curious about your um, your father. You said you mentioned you you ran away mm -hmm. at sixteen or fifteen. Mm -hmm. Sixteen. Um, have you been able to reconnect or? Yes. No. Um, he, he was very abusive mm -hmm. and very. Uh, That's reason I ran away because yeah. of the abuse and uh, my stepmom was horrible mm -hmm. and um, but he uh, I tried to bring him in, into my life a mm -hmm. little bit um, and it just I think God used that time to completely wreck me mm -hmm. <laughs> you know I, I try to look at you know what is God doing with these times that are hard in our lives yeah. right yeah so like my story before I ran away was very hard, mm -hmm. very dark, very abusive, uh, a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, but through that hard time and through what we went through, God's story is that much sweeter, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I survived that because God needed that evidently so in me to one maybe take me to rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And that's where he built his foundation. Mm -hmm. Because it wrecked me when my dad came back into my life before I was saved. Completely wrecked me. I think mm -hmm. I PTSD. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I fell apart completely. I think I, I think I had a nervous breakdown. The whole mm -hmm. deal, right? Yeah. It was just like, but I felt obligated, like I had to help him because he wanted to mm -hmm. come back to the cult. Right. And uh, but it was more of just he wanted to be back in my life and control things. And it just, it just 
not not a good person for me to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that Christ changes him, mm-hmm. and he does it over there, and that's okay. That's yep. okay. I don't necessarily need him in my life, but I think if God really changed him um, and wants us to reconcile, um, it'll be okay because mm-hmm. God God will make it that way. Mm-hmm. But you know, I hope all of people come to Christ, but they don't have to be if they're not good for you because uh, he has a way of just messing with the wiring in my head and mm-hmm. making me feel completely worthless mm-hmm. and completely broken and it just messes with me and that can't be that's not good fruit yeah. you know we're like fruit inspectors as Christians right you know you look at their fruit you know they say yeah you know it's James you know mm-hmm. yeah. you look at the fruit you know their works is you know it's not what they're doing it's what are they doing and why, you know? And his isn't good. You know, he tries to call my desk phone at work all the time. He just did yesterday. Call me, call me, call me. I'm like, and I answered the phone a month ago. And I had talked to him five years, wow. right? Because mm-hmm. after a while, he just disappeared out of my life again. You know, he came in, wrecked it, poof, disappeared. And he comes and wrecks it, disappears. And then uh, I was like, are you dying? I said, why are you calling me? Are you dying or something? No, I just want to. You know, talk about hunting and fishing. I'm like, I want to talk about Christ. I don't want to talk about hunting and fishing. I'm sorry, you know. Don't call me at work anymore. So, he says he goes to church, and I hope he does. Mm-hmm. I hope he I hope he finds Christ. I really do. You know, we don't want anybody to perish, mm-hmm. you know. But I just can't have him in my life. It's just too hard, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it just is... Uh, something I'm still working through, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm 52 years old. When I was, you know, so what? My first 15 years of my life was abuse that's beyond horrible abuse. Mm-hmm. I, I should be past that, right? That's how I thought. Sure. He shows back up when I'm in my 30s and it wrecks me. Mm-hmm. Completely wrecks me. I'm like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, lean heavy into the word, leave heavy into to God into the arms of our true father, you know, mm-hmm. and he'll, that's the only thing that's got me through it, <laughs> really, you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we don't really have much of a relationship, but I have a really good story, so my mom, my dad ran my mom off when I was two, because to hide his sin, he had a girlfriend down at the bank, evidently, and she found out, so at the cult, you know, well, that can't get out, it's going to ruin mm-hmm. his name, so he ran her off, and Mm-hmm. That she was bad and all this stuff. And my whole life, I just heard that she was bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, I only got to see her a few times. And uh, she quit coming around because she would leave and she could hear them beating us because we mm-hmm. were too nice to her. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, it just broke her. Yeah. Because she's like, I can't have my children be beat because they're too nice to me. So mm-hmm. she just kind of stayed away. Wow. So a few years, it was before I was saved, before I knew anything about anything, I just... Somebody said, you should talk to your, you should find your mom. I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> this is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't, nobody could know at the church, right? This is, I'd be in trouble. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't go to the church anymore, especially those that leave. Oh, you got to cut them off like they're dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, okay, you know, so I, I went up to the state police in a different state where I heard she lived. Talked to them. They said, well, we can't really help you, but find out if, you know, if, if she has any land. It's public records, so. Went to the public records people, and they said, yeah, yeah, so this is who she is. Okay, so I wrote her a letter, sent it to her, and we kind of 
talk a little bit, you know, back and forth. I think her husband might have been intercepting some of the letters because it'd be a long time. Sometimes I would never get anything. Mm-hmm. And he knew of where we were, and he did, and he knew of my dad, and he didn't want. And they lived in a gated community because of my dad, because mm-hmm. oh, wow. he would just show up and just walk in and boss yeah. her around, and like he had still like he owned her, yeah. you know. Okay. So they were, you know, I was out there at the church. They, don't, you know, I'm sure it was her husband was kind of like putting up a fence, you know. Yeah. But. And finally got an email, so we emailed back and forth, and I said, hey, you know, I'd take you to dinner for your birthday, and I and I didn't really know her, right? And I was just trying to get to know her, and so we did. We went to dinner with my wife, and she wanted to meet my kids, and, and I had three kids by then, you know, been married for a long time, and my old, my youngest was probably four, I think, and uh, mm-hmm. he's twenty something now, twenty two, and uh, she sat and she had MS really bad, and, mm-hmm. and other health issues. So she sat at my feet the whole night after dinner. We went to her house and, and just like force fed me her life. Like she was never going to see me again, you know, photo albums. And, mm-hmm. my, and it was wonderful for me because yeah. I just, I always, it was like a puzzle piece that I couldn't ever yeah. put back together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it was really kind of sad. My wife thought it was horribly sad. Mm-hmm. And then so through that, we kind of, you know, drifted a little bit. Just kind of a, a confusing time for me. Mm-hmm. But then uh, her husband called me and said, at work, and he said, uh, I got to call your mom is in the hospital. He was at work, so they couldn't get a hold of him. And she was across the street from where I work. So I said, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. That's her across the street. So I went over there and I went up into her, you know, found her in her room and uh, um talking to her and the doctor came in and he brought the chaplain with him. I thought, well, that's not a good thing. You know, I still was a Christian, so I didn't know. And they said, uh, you have cancer. You have, um, six months to live. You're full of cancer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. I want to, I really want to get to know her. Mm -hmm. And, um, I found all the things I've been told my whole life about her were wrong. (laughs) were not accurate at all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we spent a lot of time, with her as much as I could, and uh, wish, I wish it would have spent way more. And uh, and the whole time, what she told me was the one thing I want you to know about me, the most important thing I want you to know about me, is I'm a Christian. Hmm. And I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, I do now. Wow. And it just makes me go, yes, thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Because now I'm excited. Right? You know, yeah. I was like, I didn't know her her whole life. Got to know her for a short time, hmm. and the most important thing in her in her eyes that I needed to know about her hmm. was that she was a Christian woman. And I'm like, oh, now I look back with uh, I'm, I'm super happy that we had that time, and that hmm. uh, you know, I don't know how heaven's going to work. Maybe I'll see her again. Maybe I won't. But I know that she believes in Jesus as her Savior, hmm. and she's she's in a better place. She's face to face with Him right now. So. Hmm. Uh, and that's what that's, and that put all of that, it just put peace in my heart yeah. when I look mm-hmm. into that, that, that mm-hmm. chapter of my life with, uh, with my mother. So, wow. yeah, so kind of a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm a chatterbox when you get talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think we have one last question okay. for you. Um, if just for our listeners, um, I'm sure, I mean, I've really enjoyed hearing your story and, mm-hmm. um, but for them 
after an hour, hour and a half. I don't know how long. I don't know. I don't know how long this one's going to be. <laughs> Cut in two. Um, but, like, if you were to give them kind of a snapshot or, like, a, I don't know if you could put it into one statement, but um, if you were to take one thing away, or if they were to take one thing away from your story, mm. um, I guess what would what would that be? Mm, one thing away. Um or what's the most important thing you'd want them to take away from? Following Jesus will be the hardest thing that you ever do, but it'll be the best thing that you ever do. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Don't be afraid to do it because he will provide everything. You know, if you're going to lose your house because you follow Christ, lose it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to lose your wife, you're going to lose your husband. It's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You lose your grandkids. It's going to be really hard. Um, but that's what he asks of us, mm-hmm. you know, and he will provide. It might be a hard road for a while, but he will, he will give you people that will fill that hole and, because he fills the hole mm-hmm. in your heart, you know, and he just draws people to you to, to help shore you up, you know, in your, in your, in your times of need, uh, but it will be the hardest thing you ever do, but the best thing you'll ever, ever do. So that's, that's what I think. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. I'm excited for the next chapter. We'll see what happens. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just know, I'm a Christian man. <laughs> the most important thing I want you to know about me is I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Parable Portraits. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusty Bible. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries or visit our website at parableministries.com. We are a volunteer organization and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time.